Hello and welcome to the latest edition of Football Talk from the Yorkshire Post, where we will be discussing some of the latest talking points from the world of football with members of our football writing team. On this week's episode, I'm joined by Chief Football Writer for the Yorkshire Post, Stuart Rayner, and Football Writer for the Yorkshire Post, Leon Robshaw, to discuss all of the latest developments affecting our local clubs. Don't forget you can keep up to date with all the football news across Yorkshire and beyond by logging onto our website at www.yorkshirepost.co.uk forward slash sport, as well as checking out our various Twitter feeds, the main one being at YP Sport. If you search for Yorkshire Post Sport, Yorkshire Post Football or even Sheffield Sport on Facebook, you can find us there as well. If you have any questions for our writers, you can get in touch using those various Twitter or Facebook pages, or email us directly with the subject matter as footballtalkpodcast at yp.sport at jpimedia.co.uk. Yorkshirepost.co.uk As mentioned earlier in the intro, this week we're joined by Chief Football Writer for the Yorkshire Post, Stuart Rayner, and Football Writer for the Yorkshire Post, Leon Robshaw. Morning, guys. Morning. Morning. Um... Right, let's kick off this week's episode uh, by talking about Harrogate Town, who, um, who claimed an emphatic 6-1 victory over Scunthorpe United in front of a, a league record attendance, uh, with Jack Muldoon and Alex Patterson claiming two goals each. Um, they now sit only one point behind the leaders in the table, uh, with an away game at Colchester coming up. Uh, do you think Simon Weaver's team has a good chance of finishing in the automatic promotion spots this season, Leon? I mean, I know it's early, but... Um, well, I mean, you look at it, it's it's been a very good start, hasn't it? It's pretty much it's two, point, two points a game. It, he's the sort who's never never got carried away by anything over his over his years at, at Harrogate. And I, I think he'll... He'll look at it. I think he'll, you know, in certain blocks of games, he'll maybe look obviously they've, they've had the 11 games now look at the next block maybe the one again until Christmas and then if they're if they're certainly up up there obviously reassess see what they do in January then they've got to have half a chance really but it is it, it is early days there is a good vibe there obviously huge win on, on Saturday big record league crowd of over 3,000 I, I think the encouraging thing is Know what, what Stuart thinks as well. I mean, the, the, it seems to be that they've got a decent attacking quartet there. I think was it Armstrong's got seven goals, um, Muldoon and Patterson have got five apiece. They're sharing the load in that respect. Um, and yeah, I mean, they look a team to be to be feared at at this level. I mean, I, I'd probably provide a bit of a, um, I suppose, a couple of little caveats. There, I think they're only. You look at Bradford and well, Bradford about mid-table, and it's only six points between them. So, if you have a bad bad week or two, things can change. And they've got some looking on paper. They've they've got some interesting games a bit further down the road. They've got to play a, a lot of. I know the table can change, but a fair few teams around them. You know the Forest Greens of this world, Swindon, um, Swindon's Tranmere's Hartlepool. So. You know, if they can negotiate them and get through to that sort of Christmas period in a similar situation, then you can probably say that they can certainly attack the second half of, of the year. Hmm. I, I think the main thing, Mark, is they've, they've just got a bit of momentum. I mean, um, they've, they've had a few injuries recently. You know, they've um, the Rory McArdle's had had groin surgery recently, and you, and you think if if maybe McArdle had had that problem in the first couple of weeks of the season, that could have really 
derailed them because his experience was important coming into the defence. But once you've got the cushion of a bit of momentum, it just allows you to overcome that a little bit more easily, I think. Um, you know, I mean, they've, they've had uh, they've had Will Smith to come into it. You know, they've, they've had a, a stand-in who, you know, they know well and they trust. But um, I say it, it, it just... It just makes life that little bit easier once you've once you've got that head of steam going. And 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 Leon obviously mentioned the attacking. I mean, for the last couple of years they've been overly dependent on on Jack Muldoon for the goals. Now it's more, and again that that just improves the confidence. You know, I mean they've they've had a lad uh, um, also who's been uh, scoring lots lots of cup goals for them and uh, and been in, unable to get his his chance in the league because um, because Luke Armstrong's um, done 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 so well. I mean, he he scored his uh, he scored his first league goal when he came off for the bench for them on on Saturday. So that that again will just improve their confidence, this belief that if Jack doesn't do it today, you know we've got other players who can chip in. If if Rory Mcardle's injured, you know we've got other players who can help out defensively. And I, th- I just think that psychology makes such a big difference. But as as Leon says, you know the 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 other test will be. How, how they react if they have a you know a couple of um, a couple of bad results back to back because it, it is going to happen that is the nature of that is the nature of league two but you you've a much better chance of withstanding that um, I say when you've had the sort of start that they've had hmm. yeah you look at the team who beat I mean did Port Vale have beaten them and they're they're up there aren't they but uh, hmm. the, the stats look they just look pretty encouraging I mean you, obviously you, you don't want to go overboard it, this early, but you sort of look at them. I think they've scored is it's sixteen goals in the first half. I mean, they're obviously mm. a team that can fly out the, the traps, and I think they they've scored quite a few late goals as well. So yeah, they looked a good good mix there. As as Stuart said, they're avoiding injuries to to key players that will come into it, and this this sort of and talk about blocks of games, but this sort of late autumn winter run can really you know over over the years god knows how many teams we've seen who have who have started started well flew out the traps but it, it sort of caught up with them you know in the real sort of guts of the season if you like so that'll be interesting to see how how we get fair in that regard but they, they've passed a hell of a lot of character tests haven't they in the last few years I know some personal change but they've still got a, a, a core of play, players there they're um, a very very experienced um, manager now so interesting to see how they're fair but they're in, they're in a good place hmm. yeah. I, I think I think the good thing for them as well you know in contrast to the other two teams we're about to talk about I think because of because of what they are and where they've come from I think they can enjoy being in a promotion battle um, you know, it's 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 a, it's something that they've they've not experienced in League Two. It's something they can just go out and, yeah, and have fun with. There's not the pressure on them that there is on Sheffield no. Wednesday and Bradford in their in their respective attempts to get up. So that that in itself should um, should help them out. Yeah, I think even in that division, Stuart, you look at teams like you know obviously Bradford, but there's you know even teams like Swindon who don't really consider themselves to be a League Two mm. club and you could probably even include teams such as Paul Vale in that as well you know their supporters I know they're not the biggest clubs a pair of them but they'll see their traditional home as, as being in League One and there's a fair few others that we could probably bracket in, in, in that regard as well 
so yeah it's uh I, I suppose Harrogate can slip under the, the radar a little bit, can't they? Yeah, yeah. Like you said, um, it's going to be a very interesting time period for for Harrogate Town because they, they have to find the balance with regards to maintaining players so that they don't get injured uh, as the fixtures come flying in at them, especially now that we're coming into the uh, to the winter period. It's going to be very interesting to see how they go. Um, on the other side of Christmas, really. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they feel like they've got more more depth, more depth of quality as much as anything for the players that they brought in this summer. So I do think they're, they're better equipped. And obviously last season, they had a lot of players who didn't really know league football at all. You know, they're all they're all a year wiser. I say they've been added to by people like McArdle and Armstrong who've, who've played at that, this level before. Um, I think it's I think it's exciting times for them, and, and as I say, um, just just times for them to enjoy rather than fear. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, turning our attention now to Sheffield Wednesday, um, who beat Bolton Wanderers one 0 with a second half goal from Lee Gregory. Uh, they sit just one point off the playoffs, uh, but they must be hoping to develop more consistency if they are going to be able to maintain a real challenge for this season. Uh, do, do you think that's fair, Stuart? Yes, I think that's very fair. I mean, um, you know, having seen them on Saturday, it, it, they, they played Bolton and it was quite a contrast in the sense that um, Bolton picked the same team they played the previous Saturday. Wednesday made six changes and changed their formation. And you, you just get the impression that right at this moment of, in time, Darren Moore isn't 100% clear. He, he knows how he wants to play. I think that, that is very obvious with Darren Moore in terms of the, in terms of the style. But in terms of Perhaps the, the the formation and certainly the personnel. Uh, I don't. I just don't think he's quite there yet. I mean, he's spoiled for choice in a lot of positions, and that that may not be the great thing we think it is at the moment. You know, in terms of in terms of trying to trying to settle things down. But you know, again, Bolton are a bit of a lesson in the sense that um, so eleven games into last season, Bolton were twentieth in League Two. Uh, they recovered and won promotion. This time last season, Blackpool were struggling quite a lot in League One after bringing in 17 players. Again, they recovered and won promotion. So, you know, we shouldn't be surprised. I don't think anybody really is surprised when they think about it, that a team, a squad that's been overhauled so drastically is taking a while to find its feet. And to be a point outside the playoff places when you are still finding your feet is, is not not such a bad thing you know uh it's it's certainly not crisis and panic time but what it was the 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 plus side of saturday was that they got a win without playing well Mm -hmm. the the minus side was you you just feel they're still searching for it a little bit uh and obviously it's 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 difficult to be patient as a sheffield wednesday fan you know all the things leon was talking about about those league two clubs apply equally if not more so to Sheffield Wednesday in League One. You know, they're getting they're getting big crowds. They've made a big effort this season in terms of their recruitment. It's it's not surprising that people that expectations are high, but I think we we do just have to temper it with the reality of look, this was never going to be a quick fix for Wednesday. Uh, I don't think they've ever had just one season in that division. Um, so it will require a bit of patience, but it will be difficult to to even ask for that. Hmm. Yeah, I think it was 
I think it was a, a big result for them on on Saturday. Stuart. I mean, obviously, we're there. You look looked at it. They they'd had um, they'd lost the game at home to um, it Oxford, wasn't it? And then they'd drawn oh, drawn at home to to Shrewsbury. Disappointing result. You know, they've had a third home game um, without a win. You know, some of the, the the noises from the fans would have. Uh, would have certainly been a, a bit a bit louder. I think whenever there's a the sort of rough result in, in that division for Sheffield Wednesday, there is a, a a bit of noise. But it, it could have been a bit of a say a sea change. But a, a, you know, it, it'd have probably lost a few more supporters and Darren Moore. And I, I I think I mentioned it a little bit last week, but it's probably worth saying again. And I, I do look at their they've got the games coming up. Um, they look. Sort of decent-ish on on paper in terms of the playing a lot of te- teams coming up that were sort of in the the sort of lower end of the lower half of the table. The AFC Wimbledon's, the, the Cambridge's, Lincoln's. I think they've got a few others, haven't they? The likes of Cheltenham, and um, you know they'll be character examinations against sides who certainly won't need any any team talk facing a, a club of the stature of of Sheffield Wednesday, and if Wednesday can get through to the other side of these games with a good good haul of wins and the picture will you know it, it will certainly change won't it but dangerous games in the respect that if you lose a couple there's going to be a hell of a lot of pressure on on the well even more pressure on Darren Moore's shoulders and he's just not quite got it right at the minute but I, I think at the minute if you're looking at the games coming forward I think Wednesday I to just settle for um, it's sort of substance over, over style I think at the minute just grinding out some wins at the minute and keeping up there and keeping on um, on on the shoulders of the uh, of, of the pace setters. Yeah, I mean, I mean that was the thing on Saturday. You know, for for all that they didn't play brilliantly, yeah. they, they they kept a clean sheet. They defended well. You know that Bolton had very few chances once Wednesday sort of got to grips with what they were doing after the first half hour or so. So that's a that's a definite tick in the box. I mean, they they started the season excellent defensively and actually. Um, there's a stat doing the rounds yesterday. They've got the, I think they've got the second best home record in the country um, in 2021, which was a bit of a surprise. Yeah. So that yeah. that that department was good. Lee Gregory got a goal, which he hadn't he hadn't got since August, and took it really well. So you know if they can get some consistent goals from him or anyone else for that matter, you know that's 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 the other end of the field sorted. And yeah, I agree with Leon. I think these four games will be really important because. Game number five after those matches he's outlined yeah. is at yeah. home to Sunderland, which will be a big one yeah. in, a, in a different yeah. respect. So if they can exactly. go into that game, yeah. you know, with with the confidence of, of having a you know a, a six match unbeaten run, say they're, they're two unbeaten at the moment, you know, and, and putting in some convincing performances and some solid defending, then obviously yeah. they'll be in far better shape for that for that game as well so it will it will be a big test because again we, we were talking about it last week and I actually think in some respects these games will be will be the more difficult games for them than the likes of of Bolton uh, you know yeah. coming, coming to Hillsborough but you know, if you're going to win promotion you've got to you've got to win the bit difficult games haven't you or you've got to at least get through them so we'll see what they're made of in the next few weeks I think yeah. I think there's a lot of talk among you know when you look at Sheffield Wednesday over the years, a lot of the supporters have, you know, they've harkened back to to some of the, some of those eye catching, you know, sides they've had on, you know, the likes of, you know, Ron Atkinson, for, in, for instance. I think they they do like to show a bit of style, but if you you look at the the last few times, they've obviously been in league at this level before, 
Um, I remember, you know, in the season they got promoted under under Gary Gary Megson and the one under Paul Sullivan as well. It, 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 there was a certain amount of pragmatism in, in both of those sides. You know, they were big on spirit organisation and, and getting the job done. And you know, and you know, for all the talk of, of Wednesday nights of wanting to show a bit of style and this, that, and the other, it is ultimately about results, isn't it? And I, I, I don't think too many of them will. Will really care a jot if they're back in in the championship, um, you know, next May. And it, considering the struggles that a hell of a lot of clubs have had, big clubs like themselves in getting relegated and trying to get back up, it'd certainly be no mean achievement. And it's um, it's a real slog, and it you know it is it's substance over style at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, I, I think if anything on Saturday, Leon, I think the crowd got more frustrated when they yeah. overplayed. Rather yeah. than when they underplay, so I, th- I think there is, I think there is a definite, you know, acknowledgement from the from the Wednesdayites that of exactly what you've just said. It's about yeah. it's about substance yeah. as much as style. I mean, Darren Moore is a is a manager who, who wants wants his team to get to get the ball down, but you know they they did they did go long at times, and I say so, sometimes when they were you know taking the trendy modern short goal kicks or when yeah. you know defenders were amongst themselves that's when the crowd started to, to get a bit frustrated so they will they will have to find they will have to find the mix you know you can't you can't play pure football in league one purely because um you can only yeah. sign league one players you know it's it's not reasonable to expect them to play like barcelona but equally you know they, they, they they're not going to try and hoof their way out it's, it's about striking a balance yeah, it probably might. I'm just the quick one on, on on the stats. It might help the fact that I think they've only is it something like four or five goals have scored in the first half. So if they can sort of tilt that a little bit and improve that, then it you know it might help in the respect that some teams come onto them and they can maybe counter counter and hit them on on the break. You know, if they just sort of improve that that total. Mm-hmm. Things might yes. drop into place a bit more, but they've got got a few issues, haven't they? I mean, obviously. In, you know, in terms of what system they're going to play, and you know who's going to be, who's going to be in goal um, for the next game. Obviously, Joe Wilson have kept a clean sheet. Peacock Farrell was a, obviously a very good keeper. He's had a few little wobbles. You don't expect him to keep faith with, with Peacock Farrell, but I, I suppose it's something that's up for debate, isn't it? Yeah, I would hope so. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think with regards to the early goals, I think I think when you were club, there's a few in that division who were getting big, big crowds at their home games. I think, you know, if you've got a, a stadium like Hillsborough on edge for an hour, that's really difficult. Yeah. You know, yeah. if, you, if you've if you got it celebrating a goal after five minutes, it becomes yeah. a real advantage for you and a real wall of noise for the opposition to deal with. So I think, I think especially from ho- at home, those early goals would make a would make a massive difference in terms of yeah. in terms of making Hillsborough a big advantage as opposed to a big disadvantage for Wednesday. Yeah, absolutely. Um, turning our attention to Bradford City now, uh, who played out a nil-nil draw away at Newport County. They also sit just a point off the playoff positions, but with eleven teams between fourth uh, and fourteenth separated by just three points. They must be looking for a good result this week at home to Bristol Rovers in in order to build some momentum. Do you think that's fairly on? Yeah, I mean it seems to be sort of small spri- um, strides at the minute with Bradford. I think is it back to back clean sheets. Um, I mean I suppose it's not massive in the context of of the, of the season, but 
you know, as, as a manager, when you've when your side's been in a you know a difficult run, it, it's something, isn't it? And obviously, they went away to um, Newport, got a, got a solid nil nil on the back of beating Rochdale at home. Is it something like one one defeat in four? So um, you know they've been hard to, hard to beat of late, but you know the, the goal scoring is a little bit of an issue at the minute. I think they've only scored more than one goal. I think it's something like once in the last um, eight or nine games or something. So, you know, they've obviously got availability issues. Angle's the big one who's who's been out for them, but, you know, one or two others have had spells on, on the sidelines. Um, so he was back on the bench, wasn't he, on on, uh, on Saturday, so... Hopefully he's he's not too far away. They're just having to grit grit the teeth at the minute and um, dig out some some results. But yeah, they've got two two home games now. Obviously Bristol Rovers and and I think it's Hartlepool, isn't it? Who, who started off pretty well. So uh, they'll be certainly hoping to you, you'd suspect you know six six points would be great, but certainly three or four points, probably four, I'd say. That will, you know, steady the ship, and they'll start to look 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 upwards. And they're looking at their games as well, a little bit further down the road. They've got some um, tough looking games against the likes of Swindon, Port Vale, and Forest Green. So they can get a couple of results in the next two at home. They can, it can be a bit of a, a mood change for those games, and you know, you might even have the likes of Angle in the mix as well. Along with Aisa. but at the minute it's a bit of a bit of a slow burn, isn't it? They started off um, reasonably briskly, a little bit of a reality set in, and they're just having to to uh, chisel the way through this part of the season, which happens to a, a hell of a lot of big clubs in in the bottom two divisions, as we probably just alluded to with Sheffield Wednesday. Mm. Yeah, I think I think the encouraging thing for me was to hear Derek Adams come out and praise their character um, for the, after the performance at Newport. I mean, they obviously, I say they are in a sticky period. Leon's outlined why, but um, if you are in that sort of run and you're keeping consecutive clean sheets, you know, there's obviously something right there. And if they can just hang in until those attacking players get back, then then great. And you know, mentioned earlier, you know about about the seasons that. Bolton and Blackpool had last season, and and you said Mark how how congested the league table is. Mm. You know they're, they're they're in the mix. Lots and lots of teams are in the mix, but they're they're in the mix. There's no there's no cause for panic for them. It's just yeah. a case of getting through this difficult period, and then hopefully things will get a bit easier. As Leon says, when the likes of uh, Angle and Ice are, are not just not just fit, but in rhythm, and uh, and they can you know they can have a they can have a, a strong, uh, a strong period after that. But um, yeah, it's obviously it's not it's not ideal if you were if you're a Bradford. I think you know it's fair to say that most Bradford fans were quite excited after the um, the big home wins they had at the start of the season and very optimistic after the business they did um, they did in the summer. Things of things of uh, you know not quite taken hold as the, as they hoped they would, but equally. You know, it's 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 far from disaster time. Hopefully, this no. is them coming out of their, you know, their their wobble, and mm. um, and we can see them kick on from here. Mm. I mean, it's obviously not not ideal, Stuart. In an ideal world, you yeah. wouldn't choose to have this have this spell. But 
I mean, you look at Bradford, they brought a hell of a lot of, you know, players in. It's, you know, it's effectively a bit of a new side. And I suppose if you're going to encounter a bit of adversity, it's maybe better to have it earlier, isn't it, rather than rather than later. And obviously, Adams has alluded to, you know, he's probably wanting to find out a little bit about the characters and, and they've answered him in, in, in the respect of certainly keeping the, the two clean sheets. So that's not too bad a thing, but... You just hope we can just get some more, certainly more consistency as the, as the season season progresses. And um, you know, there might have been an interesting one at the weekend as well. Is it Niall Canavan's back in the fray as well? And he's he's obviously been brought in as a bit of a defensive leader. And um, interesting to see if they, if they bring him back or he has to cool his heels on on the bench for a week or two. Hmm. Uh, and turning to the internationals for a minute, uh, starting with Wales, who after a 2 all draw with the Czech Republic scraped a 1-0 win away in Estonia to leave World, quali- uh, World Cup qualification in their own hands. Um, in addition to Leeds United's Dan James scoring against the, the Czechs, uh, Huddersfield Town's Sorba Thomas was handed a first start for his country. Um, with Belgium effectively certain to win the group, um, do you feel Wales will be able to get the results um, they need from their final two games uh, uh, to basically claim that playoff place, Stuart? Uh, well, it's going to be very, very tight because um, Wales have got a game in hand on the Czech, Czech Republic, but their last game is against Belgium, which um, <laughs> is an interesting one because certainly if it was in the middle of the campaign, you'd probably effectively write that off. Mm-hmm. Um, I suppose the big unknown is is what frame of mind Belgium will be in, uh, assuming that they've already qualified by then. But um, but yeah, it's it, it's certainly going to be it's certainly going to be very tight for them. Um, but it's great, you know, it's great that they've they've given themselves this opportunity. If they, effectively, the way the group works is that Belgium have have qualified, or sorry, will qualify, I should say. Um, I think that's fair to say. Wales and the Czechs are level on points, but it'll it'll go to um, go to goal difference if it finishes up that way. And as I say, uh, Wales yeah. have got a game in hand, and then the, the second place teams Nationally. all go into a, a a playoff where they they play a semi final and a final. So that's that's sort of what what Wales are aiming for. Um, but I say, um, you know, given given Wales's uh, you know record of, of of struggling to qualify for major tournaments, I think they'd. I think they take the position they're in at the moment in a group with the the Czechs and the Belgians in it, and uh, and yeah, I think uh, I think they're in a good place, and I think um, I think it's been good news for the um, for the Yorkshire clubs really. You know, Dan James played very well for Leeds in the last um, game before the international break. It's good that he's been able to continue his confidence, and it, and it's a great story that um, Sorba Thomas has been able to win his first caps, the Huddersfield Town player, yeah, yeah. in this uh, in this window. So, positive all round, really, I think, for Wales. Hmm. Yeah, I think the fact that the last two are in Cardiff, Stuart, as well, aren't they? That, you know, that's, that's one thing. And obviously, um, I'm not quite sure the extent of Bale's injury, but I think I read this, this talk he could be he could be back in back in the threat in the fray. I think they miss Kiefer Moore's suspended, isn't it, for the Belarus game? So that be a, that will be a bit of a blow. But you'd like you'd like to think they'd have enough, uh, uh, you know, against them. But you know, it could be some occasion. Uh, you know, the, the Belgian game. I mean, I'm I'm sort of old enough and long enough into to, in, in the two to remember some. Um, Sort of really tense final final group games for Wales, and they've not been they've not been too 
particularly good have they over uh, talking over the years I remember was it the, the penalty that Paul Bowden missed and even going back before that they've had the ones at Ninian, Ninian Park against Scotland and th- things like that I mean hopefully the clock will go around and they can have some you know the flip side of of the coin and finally qualify I mean, it's been 19 1958 and there'd be there'd be a real you know if, if any country really deserves a shot it is Wales isn't it I mean obviously it wasn't wasn't great how they finished in the Euros in the summer but they still um, lit it up with those um, you know performances like against the Turks in Baku and they, on the back of Euro 2016 in France you know they've added something to the international tapestry and and there's some Stuart said there's some nice little um, nuggets of local interest as well in the likes of Thomas and, and Dan James so fingers crossed for Wales mm. that they can um, seal the deal and uh, looking further afield for a moment, uh, Leeds United's Rafinha made an immediate impact when he was introduced in Brazil's game against Venezuela, being involved in all three of their goals uh, and also played in their nil-nil draw with Colombia. Um, do you think uh, this raising of his profile on the international stage uh, will generate even more interest from other Premier League clubs, Leon? Uh, in a word, yes. <laughs> I think that's um, that, that's the sort of bottom line, isn't it? I mean, it's it's as inevitable as as leaves on the tracks, really, isn't it? In in the autumn, I mean, it's you know, he's a, he's a good age. He came in from from runs, you know, something like seventeen or eighteen million. It's it's been an absolute breath of fresh air, and I'm sure Stewart would agree. It's not just with his not just with his sort of ability, but just his attitude as well. He he just really looks. At, a winner and you know he puts pressure on on himself and his and his teammates he's got clear high standards and you know even at the top level that you know such a nation as Brazil are you know he, he just looks a manager's dream doesn't he he's, he his work rate is, is prodigious prodigious it's a real goal threat he's got pace energy trickery and uh, you know it's a case of um, when and when and not if he he, he will be you think he'll be playing in the Champions League in, in a season season or two's time they're going to be some real big hitters looking at him and uh, I mean a, a bit of con- conjecture of a few people earlier I wouldn't be surprised if obviously Newcastle have got um, got money to burn at the minute if the, if the, the likes of likes of Newcastle don't have a nib try and have a nibble in the in the summer or in January but I think there'd be a fair fair cue and uh, yeah it's 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 the price of success and players progressing. There is going to be considerable interest in a player like Rafinha. That's the bottom line. Mm. Yeah, and that's the point, isn't it, Liam? It's the price yeah. of success. What what would you rather? Would you rather big clubs were sniffing around the likes of Rafinha or Calvin Phillips or whoever because they're playing well, or staying well well clear of them because they're playing rubbish? Obviously, yeah. 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 it's yeah. you know it's 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 not a bad thing, you know. And and the the, the challenge for Leeds really is simply to make Leeds United a club that Rafinha yeah. doesn't want to leave. I mean, you know, if if, yeah. if 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 Newcastle were to come in from to January, I'd like to think that Victor Orta or Andrew Rodzana or whoever would be able to sit sit Rafinha down and say, look, what would you rather do? Would you rather play for Marcelo Bielsa in a, in a team that, you know, hopefully at that stage is in the top half of the table and pushing for Europe? Yeah. Or would you rather, you know, join a relegation battle at Newcastle in the hope that things pan out down the line? You know, um, Bielsa in particular is a, is a massive 
card in Leeds' favour. Unfortunately, yeah. only a short-term one, probably because of his age. But in terms of, in terms of keeping hold of players and retract and attracting players, you know they've got a massive tool there. That you know they've got the they've got the support behind them. It's it's a club that you know although the, the start to the season hasn't been brilliant, it just feels like it's moving in the right direction. You know, yeah. and and Rafinha is being picked for Brazil at the moment, playing for Leeds United. So it's not like he needs to be in the Champions League to be in Tite's thoughts or anything like that. You know, for for him, for Phillips, for anyone else who other clubs come knocking on the door over, it's just a case of saying Leeds making themselves a club that, that players don't want to leave. And, and I do think at the moment, well, I mean, you know, the fact of the matter is these players are at Leeds at the moment. The, yeah. the will of being clubs sniffing around Rafinha in the summer and he's not gone. You know, the will of being clubs sniffing around Calvin Phillips and he's still there. You know, and I say that that goes for that goes for other players as, as well sort of thing. So I don't, I think it's a good thing. I think we should be pleased that 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 other people are noticing what what a good player Rafinha is, and you know he will when he gets back to uh, when he gets back to West Yorkshire after his international period. You know, like Sorba Thomas when he gets back to Huddersfield, he'll be feeling ten foot tall, and it can it can only help Leeds to have Rafinha and James going off and 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 helping their confidence by playing well on the international scene. I, I really don't think it, see it as a as a negative thing at all. Yeah. It's part of the development, Stuart, isn't it? As a as a Premier League club, part of your evolution. You're gonna people will Leeds are a big club. Don't get me wrong, but you have good players who are performing well and getting plaudits. You're gonna get interest. You're gonna get bids, and you, you know the club will will have been aware of the, you know Auto Radvizani. That's part of the gig, isn't it? And there's gonna be intense pressure about players who do well, and and it's about how you deal with it, how you convince them that you know Leeds can go to the to the push on to the next levels, and it's it's all good and positive, as you rightly say. And you know, Leeds have, have, have spoken spoken themselves up as as a huge club and further down the line getting into Europe. And part of that, you're going to have to try and convince star players to stay who are going to be wanted by um, you know some real big boys. That's just part of the gig. Mm. Yeah, and, then, and, the, and the worst case scenario in that in that. Uh equation is he leaves you get an absolute yeah. shed load of money um, yeah. because you know Leeds certainly won't uh, need need to want to or have to sell him on the cheap you, you get a huge amount of money and you and you invest that wisely yeah. as they've done in the you know as, as as all clubs do when big players leave but say hopefully um, he's going to well, be yeah. part of the, yeah. uh, the Leeds furniture for a long time to come because it's, um, yeah. it's it's just a joy to watch I love I love watching Watching players yeah. of Rafinha type, and you know you can feel the excitement in Ellen Road every time he gets the ball. Yeah, yeah, you'd pay to watch him, wouldn't you? And if you were, if you were going to a, a, a Premier League game, you were a, a father and you had a son, you'd, t- you'd take you'd take your son and your son, well, son or daughter, and you'd say, well, look, you know, watch watch this lad. You know, he's he's a, he's a smashing player, and he, you know, it's his a character as well as ability, and he's he's a real top top talent and, and seem to be a great lad as well and um, finally uh, we turn to England and although none of our local players uh, were available uh, after an easy 5-0 win in Andorra the three Lions finished their fixtures with a less than impressive draw against Hungary uh, this leaves England three points in front of second um, with two games left against Albania and San Marino 
Uh, and in spite of the poor performance, England are still favourites to qualify. Um, what do you make of the performances of the Yorkshire-born boys? Uh, and I'd be really interested in your thoughts on the effectiveness of the midfield trio of uh, Declan Rice, Mason Mount and Phil Foden. Uh, starting with Stuart on this one. Um, well, I mean, to, to start with your question about the uh, the Yorkshire-born boys, um, John Stones was one of the few players who, who did himself some good, really, on the, on Tuesday night. He scored a goal and came close to another one. It's incredible to think, really, when you think how important he was for Man City last season, that he hasn't played a minute for them this, but he's still an important part of the England set-up, as is, uh, as is Kyle Walker, who, who, who played in that game, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, for the for the for the for the team as a whole, um, it was frustrating, but not the end of the world. I, th- I think I think we're sort of reaching a phase in terms of where England's football is at the moment that we can uh, not quite, but almost take qualification for granted. So it's almost about how they qualify and if they show signs that they'll be able to progress you know, in in the in the major tournaments and the big games when they do. And, and and that was the slightly concerning thing about it. I mean, I, I was quite pleased at, at kickoff at the thought that he went with a slightly more progressive midfield setup than than you've mentioned. Uh, sorry, than the than the, they normally do, as you mentioned. You know, normally it's sort of two defensive midfield players and a more attacking one. This this was the other way around and to be fair, this was kind of more like what the fans have been Pushing for, I suppose, in terms of in terms of it, and and it's fair to say it didn't work. I mean, the, I suppose the yeah. thing is, England England just played really poorly. They passed the ball poorly. You know, there, there wasn't a great tempo. There wasn't much imagination about them. So, really, was that down to the formation, or was that just the fact that they played poorly? I mean, I'm inclined to think it probably was the was the fact that they just played poorly. So, I don't. I, Obviously, you can't say the formation was a success, but I think we probably need a bit more, bit more evidence to it. But it was, it was another reminder. We've had a lot of them over the last few months of how important Calvin Phillips is to that team because with players of Phillips' type and Declan Rice is another one of that sort of player, you tend to notice, you tend to appreciate them more when they're not there than when they are. And um, and yeah, it was. <laughs> it, in many ways, it was a, it was a good night for Calvin Phillips because it, the, uh, the the Tuesday night uh, draw against Hungary because it just reminded people what an important part he's become of that team. Mm. It's probably a good night for Patrick Bamford as well in some respects. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with what Stewart said there. I mean, I suppose ideally it was it was sort of like a four was it four one two three if you like with you know with a, with a yeah. two eight in um, Foden and. Um, and Mount. I mean, ideally, you would, I suppose, you would choose to sort of have a look in, look at that in a in a in a decent friendly. But obviously, chose to look at it, you know, in a qualification fixture. And you've got to, I think, you just got to give Hungary a fair bit of credit as well. I mean, they they showed signs in in the European Championships. It was only late on that um, you know Portugal got the better of them, and they were only was it five or six minutes away from. You know, getting a really famous result against against Germany. I know they had a wobble at, at the weekend, but they've certainly got you know um, some good players there, and they look very well coached. And you know, the, the, the pressing was was ex- excellent, and they kept the ball tidily for spells, and you know, thoroughly deserved 
deserved the draw for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, the one thing I was, I don't know what Stuart, obviously Stuart was dead. I was, I was a little bit taken about when he did, um, Southgate did bring off um, Grealish purely in the respect. I mean, I don't think he was having an, you know, an outstanding vintage game, but he's still a player. He'll win your free kicks and he'll, he'll get you good set piece situations. And it just looked to me that, you know, if that, you know, every game could have been decided by, you know, a, a, a free kick or a set piece. It could have been that. And England might have, you know, I know it's if and buts, but if, you know, maybe Grealish kept on the pitch. He was winning free kicks. Maybe England might have got a you know a few more opportunities to maybe nick a winner, yeah. but um, yeah, that that was probably the main observation for that, and, and obviously the the fact that you know it's uh, probably a, a night when you know Calvin Phillips's reputation got enhanced, even though he he wasn't on the pitch. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it felt to me like the Greenish substitution. Uh, I could be wrong on this. Could be could be doing Gareth Southgate a disservice, but it felt to me like it was done on reputation, in the sense that he wanted to take one of the three off, the front three off, and the other two were being two of his two of the best yeah. players of his of his entire management in Harry Kane and Raheem Sterling. But they they both went off later because, frankly, they were both having very poor yeah. nights, and they've both had difficult starts to the season. Um, I, th- I think I think one thing, you know, we probably have to factor in as well, you know, which applies to those two and to others, is that, you know, we're barely out of the European Championships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it feels like there's been a bit of a hangover. You know, some players it's been physical. You know, we've had the likes of uh, the likes of Maguire pick up injuries. Obviously, Calvin Phillips a minor one now. Some some their form has dropped off. Um, but really, you know. I, are we surprised? I mean, the, the the slog these players are being put through in terms of, you know, going almost instantly from a Premier League season into a European Championships into another Premier League season, you know, when they're playing in the Champions League or even in the case of Harry Kane in the pointless Europa Conference League. You know, we're really asking a hell of a lot of our top players in terms of expecting them to not just playing you know so many matches but to play at a really high level and I do feel there's a few in that team whose form has just dropped off you know I mentioned the fact that the Stones can't get in the Manchester City team at the moment mm-hmm. um, so you know we shouldn't we shouldn't be too surprised that that England are having a you know a slightly sticky start to the to the season but when you're having a, a slightly sticky start and, and your qualification relies on getting four points against San Marino and, and Albania in your last two games. I don't think that's such a bad place to be. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's the end of the world. But as, as I say, it, it's just got to the stage now where where qualification has become, England have become so good at qualifying that you almost feel that they are treating some of the qualification games, you know, uh, the Andorra game away in, in being a case in point, as those high quality friendlies that Leon was talking about, and and it is a bit about not just if you qualify, but how you qualify for this team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I suppose the only the only thing I'd probably noticed as well. I don't know what you think about this. Stuart, just the sort of some of the depth on the. On, I know Calvert Lewin was he, he was obviously out, but I'm still a little bit concerned about some of the you know attacking depth without Harry Kane. Obviously, he didn't have he's not had a brilliant start to the season and you know fatigue probably comes into it doesn't it but I don't see that much if I was one of the lead you know one of the leading 
continental sides in Europe looking at England, they, they don't, they've not really got too much after after Kane, have they? Really, to to really worry about from you know someone at the sharp end of the pitch. I, th- I think the problem England have in that respect is pretty similar to the problem that um, Spurs have had for the last couple of seasons, in that Harry Kane has been so good that others haven't had a look in really. Um, so, you know, even if Tammy Abraham has a great season in Serie A, even if Ollie Watkins and Patrick Bamford have another good Premier League season, they're not getting their caps to find out for sure if they are up to it at international level. And, you know, perhaps it's it's getting to the stage one where... Yeah, one for the friendlies yeah, you know, he's to, to qualify. One for the friendlies to have, have, a, have a real look at these people. And I think yeah. part of the problem, and this isn't a criticism of, of him at all, but I think... I think for club and country, it's very, very difficult to to rest Harry Kane because Harry Kane just does not want to be rested. No. You know, no. we saw we, we saw in Patrick Patrick Bamford's debut at Wembley where he got hooked after what was it sixty seventy minutes, and I think probably part of the reason I expect was that Gareth Southgate was sick of having Harry Kane in his ear. He said, "Can I come on yet? Can I come on yet?" Because he just he just wants yeah. to play football and he wants to score goals. You know, there's, there's lots of players in this era who would say, nah, Europe, a conference league game that we're going to win easily. I'll sit this one out, boss. Harry Kane looks at that and thinks, oh, I can have a hat-trick here. You know, Harry Kane yeah, looks out the door and thinks, oh, well, I can get a couple of goals nearer to Wayne Rooney here. So in terms of in terms of managing him, I say this isn't this isn't a criticism. I'm not criticising a footballer for wanting to play football. But it, it just does make the job of man managing him and therefore giving opportunities to others that that little bit more difficult but but frankly at the moment you know his performances you know even, even in the euros when he when he scored a few yeah. goals are not justifying him being the automatic play for 90 minutes in every game selection that he that he has been uh, recently and until he sort of gets a bit of his mojo back it it, it is well worth having more of a look at Bamford Watkins Abraham Calvert-Lewin when he gets fit I think you're going to have to look at, I'm not sure of the England friendly schedule in, in the new year, Stuart, but they've got to have a look at some of these supporting cast underneath Kane against some of the better teams in friendlies, haven't they? Else, yes. you know, what, what they're really going to learn. I mean, even if, if, if Bamford played a friendly against um, some of the less, lesser ranked European teams and maybe got a goal or a couple of goals, he's not going to learn too much. Are you? They need to, you need to learn more about these against proper tournament teams and that's he's got this little conundrum Southgate obviously he wants to play Kane and he's it's obviously the personal kudos of, of all the goals he's scoring and you know breaking records this and that but got to, one, thing, one thing looking forward is getting that balance right and looking having a bit more of an extended look at some of these underneath Kane to, to find out a bit more about them I think I think it's a real difficulty for international managers, though, because I, th- I think you're absolutely yeah, yeah. right, Leon. But um, I, th- I think you know, if we look at England over the years, they, they tend they, they they tend to play friendlies against the high quality nations, and we we either don't tend to learn much, or the lessons we learn turn out to be the wrong ones. Because often yeah. you, you know you might you might play Germany, but if Germany you know rests fifteen players and take it half heartedly, yeah. What conclusions can you draw from a player scoring against Germany or England beating Germany? You know, and the same goes with Spain and all these sort of teams. So there's almost an element, as I say, with the with the qualifying that once you get near to 
qualifying that almost using some of those games for that opportunity and okay we're, we're playing Hungary today let's experiment with a more attacking midfield you know we're we're away in Poland let's see what this centre forward's like sort of thing but it's 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 a really difficult balance because obviously you have to take qualification seriously um, but it, but it's so hard for international managers to to make this assessment of the players because it's with England at, at and where they are as a team at the moment, it's only really in the cut and thrust of probably the, the knockout stages of tournament football that you actually really get a, a really good impression of how cut out player X is to to play at that yeah. level. But it is what it is. Gareth Southgate's got to deal with it and uh, you know glean what he can from training and from what minutes they they, they produce. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean the difficulty one, I suppose, for the next international the, the March fixtures. You know, you might get one or two players coming out with, with niggles and, you know, club yeah. managers are conscious of, you know, it's heading towards the sharp end of league seasons and, you know, Champions League, this and that. So there's that factor as well. And it is a it is a difficult balance conundrum for Southgate, but I suppose that's it's something that you've got to manage, haven't you, somehow? That's what he gets paid the big bucks for, I suppose. But yeah, Certainly. I mean, that that is the difficulty of international yeah. football, and I think that's why that's why the Nations League has been a has been a, a, a bonus, really, because it, it's given a bit. It's sort of yeah, it's almost bridged the gap between friendly and competitive game for for uh, for countries like England. Um, but um, yeah, it, as I say, the, the main the main takeaway, I suppose, is that. England are not going to be fretting in the way that um, in the way that we were talking about Wales. You know, they, they I'd be very very surprised if they if they don't still qualify as group winners. Um, yeah. But you know, we're just we just we're almost seeking perfection with them. We've seen them in two semi-finals. We've seen them in a final. We're just desperately hoping that they can make the next step. And I think anyone who watched the Nations League semi-finals and final. Last week, we'll see that actually the the standard they've got to reach is a really high one because they were there were three really high quality matches those months. YorkshirePost.co.uk. Many thanks to Stuart Rayner and Leon Wobshall, who will doubtless join us again soon for more discussions on the Yorkshire football scene. But don't forget, you can keep up to date with all the football news across Yorkshire and beyond by logging onto our website at www.yorkshirepost.co.uk forward slash sport, where you can search for Yorkshire Post Sport, Yorkshire Post Football, or even Sheffield Sport on Facebook, and you can find us there as well. If you have any questions for our writers, you can get in touch using those various Twitter or Facebook pages or email us directly with the subject matter as footballtalkpodcast at yp.sport at jpimedia.co.uk. As ever, many thanks for listening. Look after yourselves and bye for now.